excited for sure, and I, I think our team is the most hungriest they've ever been, obviously. It's almost like we're resetting, and this is, this is what jump starts our year almost. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Hey, everybody, welcome to the special edition of the Driving Vision Future of Zach Today podcast. With us here today, NASCAR driver number 77, Ziegler sponsored Spire Motorsports driver, Kalamazoo-based Portage, Michigan, Carson Hosevar. Carson, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Sam. I appreciate you having me on and allowing me to, to come do this. It's exciting to have you here. It's Wednesday. You were going to race on Saturday or uh, Sunday, rather, but got pushed back a day to Monday. What's it like, Carson, to kind of give our podcast listening audience and also Team Ziggler kind of a view behind the scenes? What's it like kind of going through a rain delay? I mean, that's a challenge. You plan on racing on a day. You kind of get your day, your head set straight. What's it like a rain delay day? Well, for me, I, I like to eat a lot. So I was more bummed <laughs> that I couldn't take advantage of just eating what I normally eat on Saturday. And then I had to, to do the you know good old fashioned chicken and rice, plain, boring stuff for one more day. That part was a bummer for me. But more than anything, you have people that come in, some people can't stay. Sunday, so that, that kind of makes it challenging a little bit, you know, just kind of just as a bummer, right? You know, not too big of a challenge. You know, we got to take advantage do a little bit of team bonding, you know, go hang out, go do lunch. I got to see a little bit more time with my family. So so on my end, it, it wasn't too bad. You know, we all get an, another day off per se. You know, a day in Florida is not too bad, even if it's raining. That's right. But more than anything, you just get eager to race. You know, last time we'd been on the racetrack was Thursday and uh, we only got 150 miles versus the 500. So we were all eager to race and, and eager to go. And I think that's probably what, what led to some aggression really early. And that unfortunately ended our day, but I think that resets the tempo. Everybody kind of calms back down, realizes that could have been them. And then you see what we saw in the 500 of just kind of calm till the end. So before we go to Monday and the Cup Series race, the big race, Daytona 500, take us to the duels and explain a little bit what are the duels and then how did you perform at the duels? You exceeded expectation by quite a bit. Take us back to Thursday night. Daytona, there's a lot of you know different pieces, you know, different agendas per se. You know, Wednesday's qualifying, which is just the normal one lap, go as fast as you can, hopefully not have a lot of drag and, and be able to go fast in the air per se, you know, not let it, yeah. uh, not let it be slow. But if you do have drag, you have downforce. So you're a little slower by yourself, but actually it's going to have more downforce, going to be easier to drive. When it comes 500 miles, you know, you can't hold on to that thing. You're getting pushes. So there's a lot of different agendas. Some guys really want to qualify up front or want to qualify really good, hopefully lock in to the race if they need to make the race. Or if they have points, they're trying to get on the front row and be able to start on the front row and have those spots locked. Where in the duels, you know, it allows that second chance for the guys that haven't qualified in to race their way in, kind of that, their last chance, sort of like a B-Main or LCQ, kind of like what we see on the local short track routes is, is kind of like heat races, LCQs, just only on the biggest stage in the world, it seems. And, yeah. Um, but allows us as, as a team, you know, that we didn't feel confident we were going to have enough speed to the front row, but we always have had really good cars that race good, can take pushes, 
and, and just kind of be there in the race, it allows us to take our, not really worry about qualifying because we know we race good and let the race, you know, the 150 lap shootout be our race and be our qualifying. And that's exactly what we did. You know, we didn't really worry about the timesheet on Wednesday, qualified 38th and raced really well been a good citizen per se you know saved plenty of fuel had a really good pit stop and played the timing right and got into the top five and ended up finishing fourth right behind chase elliott and just a little bit more if i was a little bit more aggressive on my lane change you know we might have had a shot to even win the race or run second and push chase to the win you know that allowed us to start ninth in the great american race which i think was huge had everybody excited when they make the trip down to Florida, which is also huge for, for everybody on the Ziegler family. I think everybody was excited. I got a lot of texts after that. Super excited. What was your thought process as you came across the, the finish line at the duels, having finished that far ahead of expectation? Where was your head at that moment? Uh, I was pretty happy. I mean, honestly, a little part of me was like, man, I, I wish I could have like, got connected a little bit more and pushed him. Yeah, the level of excitement, but it was just all kind of satisfaction, right? Um, it wasn't like you know, wow, I can't believe we're here. It was more like, man, I'm really glad you know we did everything right. We prepared yeah. enough. We put the car well together. We executed on pit road. You know, we we just did our job, and and we kind of landed where where we hoped, uh, which would be up front. And we planned on racing good. We didn't plan on qualifying good, but we knew we were going to build our race car. So it made that you know when you have to scroll. And, and wait to see where we ended up on Wednesday. When intro time came, we had to sit on the stage for a while and wait for our name to get announced. You know, and you know, when we walked down pit road, we got to turn left and go towards the front um, and see the pace car and everything. That That's big for us. Yeah, and the lineup for Monday's race, the Great American Race, the Daytona 500, it was sure neat to see you in ninth position. You're at the very front of the row of 40 cars or so. You're driving introductions. You're at the very end. You were at the very front. And running really well in those first several laps uh very competitive that car how did that car feel it feel like it feels like spire gave you a pretty good vehicle yeah it's, i was pretty happy with it you know the name of the game is is saving fuel so it's it's pretty tough to pass so the, so the name of the game is is saving fuel so then you when you come down to pit you don't have to take as much fuel you know we don't yeah. need to full it cram it full of fuel so if you could take a second less fuel, you're going to pass way more guys on pit road than you would probably on the racetrack, or at least it's a lot easier. Yeah. So that's really what we were doing. But for how well our car drove in the duel, I actually thought it, it drove a little better. Like it was just easier. That was in the nighttime. It should drive the best. In the daytime, it's going to be a little bit hotter, a little worse of handling because the temperature, the tracks gets hotter, the tires get greasier, a little bit more rubber put down. But more than anything, there's... 40 cars now of disrupting your air it's it's like turbulence right like it's gonna gonna disrupt it a little bit more versus 20 that we had to deal with at the duel so i was actually really pumped when we fired off that i felt like i had pretty good amount of speed both handling um but also i could kind of suck up i could save fuel and we were just kind of in just sit and ride we had track position it was about maintaining at that point you want to get up there and lead but if you do, you're going to burn more fuel. So we didn't want to, this is exactly what we did in the duel. We just kind of sat. And then once we came to pit road, we were able to take a little less fuel. And then you race 100% and you're able to get to the front. So that was kind of our game plan. And just unfortunately, just didn't get there. So we all saw the moment and we all gasped. I mean, it was a crazy moment near the box. And in fact, I had my iPhone focused on the finish line with the Daytona awards. And I was just getting some social media content that we'd play later. And I managed to capture you sliding across the finish line. Talk to us. It was lap three, I think, right? 
uh, third or fourth lap. Lap five, yeah. Lap five. Talk to us about what the sensation was like in that moment. And then what goes through your mind as you realize you're getting hit, you're wrecking. Where does your mind go in that moment? It all happened without me really knowing it. Um, I was bottom of three wide. The first two lanes were kind of saving fuel, kind of backing up. And they created a third line on the top. And someone gave a bad push, spun the guy from the top, hit the guy in the middle. And chain reaction hit me on the bottom. And he spun across my nose. At that point, I was, I really didn't know where we were at. I was just kind of like trying to hold the wheel straight as possible. You know, I, I really didn't get hit or anything or spawn. I was just trying to keep the wheel straight as much as possible and try to slow down and, and figure out where I'm at because I, all I see is smoke and the car ahead of me spun sideways. And then I hit the grass, which is, you know, has two days worth of rain on it, instantly mm. starts doing 360s, which actually looking back would have saved us from hitting the wall but unfortunately a car that was like 36 of the 38 or, or 38 of the 40 you just didn't really have any chance to go and, and, and misjudge i was going to come back up so he throttled up and realized way too late and hit the front end of our car and damaged us otherwise i think we would have been salvageable for sure you still tried even in that moment when you came to a standstill you still tried to drive out right talk to us about that yeah you have to you know until they force you you know we just had too much damage when these things are all when when the tires are flat for starters it's it's almost near impossible to get them going mm. you know the toe links were broke i mean i mean things were more torn up than what was gonna what i could see and hope for uh you know i could see the nose buckled but obviously i i couldn't see what all was broke and I'm trying to spin, and the left front's really not doing anything, so I'm just spinning around, basically. And then I'd get stuck in the grass again, and I wouldn't get stuck in the grass. So after, like, the third time, they pulled me out of the grass because I would spin and somehow land back in the grass. They were like, okay, yeah. we're not pulling you out again. Um, yeah. You know. What are the rules for that? Could they pull you out and you could continue if, if you can keep going, or what, what are the rules? So if you just have flat tires... They can just drug you back to your pit stall. They'll let you change your tires. If you have damage, they'll kind of assess it. If you can't drive back and have flat tires, like you can use the excuse of you have flat tires, but you might have a little bit more damage. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, it's basically it doesn't have to look too bad. You know, real small damage and flat tires is the issue. Otherwise, if you can't drive it back, then um, once they put you on the hook, they don't let you ride in the tow truck. Basically, they just force you to to kind of get out and go to the infield care center and, and you know, your day's basically over. So yeah. I'm fortunate that it ended so early, but, um, you know, at least on the bright spot, we still have that duel to be happy about and excited about. And, um, at least we do have, know we had some speed rather than, uh, you know, have, have a rough duel. And then, and then this, did you get injured in the, in the collision or were you, did you come out, uh, pr pretty clean? No, that was plenty soft of a hit. I was, yeah. all, I was all good. I was more, uh, you know, frustrated than anything, obviously, but no, I was all good. So you go back to the trailer days done and, uh, and, and your mind, what, where does your mind go at that point as you're sitting back in the trailer and you're listening to the rest of the race? Do you start thinking about next week? Uh, I think next up is, is it Atlanta? Yeah, we all did. It's tough to watch, obviously. You don't want to watch, but you can't not watch. Yeah. Yeah, you start thinking about, oh, you know, if, if I was in this spot, I would be doing this. Yeah. Or, you, know, you, you start reimagining if your car was in the race. 
uh, or if you yourself was in the race. So just makes us more excited to, to get to land and just, just go again. I think all of us, you know, if we could have hit the reset button, we, we would want those five laps back for sure. However, there's not much you could have done in that moment in that space, right? You were in the perfect spot where you could not have avoided that uh, collision, unfortunately, right? No, no. I mean, there's nothing we could have done or predicted or, I mean, um, yeah. It's even harder, too, because of how well we ran in the duel. You, know, you normally get track position. It puts yourself in a good spot. And, like, normally yeah. you're pumped. That you, if we ran bad in the duel and, and started in the tw- high 20s and 30s, we'd be sitting here, you know, well, if we ran better in our duel, yeah. you know, we had some better track position. We wouldn't have been in the chaos or mess. But, I mean, you get you had everything. hard spot. You, yeah. you think that's about the safest spot you could be in. You're, you're going to be ahead yeah. of all the mess and chaos. And, unfortunately, we were... Uh, about 90 degrees to the left of it. Any crazy comments from any other drivers after you're pulled out? Any props or uh, encouragement from other drivers? Uh, not a whole lot. They're all still basically all out there, unfortunately. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. really see a lot of them. But yeah. um, no, our, our 77 team's really excited. Um, more than anything, a, a lot of encouragement from the Ziegler team, honestly. Good. Everybody can be down, but Aaron and, and everybody and his family, you know, I think they all understood, obviously, right? You know, they make that big trip down. You, it, There could be a lot of disappointment there, but no, they were... You know, they were really as chipper and, and, and as positive as I've ever met them. And, and as what I've grown to know know them as is, hey, man, that's racing. It's part of it. Yeah. We got plenty more. Um, that's right. We got we got a lot more racing to do as a team, but also as partners together as primaries. We got plenty more. And this is just the start of it. And, you know, we can't do worse next week because there's only 38 cars. There's not 40. So that's right. Guaranteed to finish two spots better. So transitioning to next week, and by the way, everybody across the Ziggler Auto Group and our dealership stores across the Auto Group at our Chevy store there in Schaumburg, the TVs were on, people were streaming the race, and it was really fun to see all of Ziggler world tuning in to watch. But then also to be in Kalamazoo and Portage, I I was at the race with you. But on Thursday night, the night of the, uh, or uh, Wednesday night, night of the qualifyings, I was at a bar in Portage, and there were people gathered around that TV to watch you race and to watch you run. People that knew you from high school and elsewhere that didn't even realize that you were uh, driving NASCAR, that you were Ziggler sponsor, just super excited for you and for this big shot. And it's cool to see how well you performed in the duels and the potential that lie ahead for the rest of the season. So take us to, if you would, your next race. What's up next? Next Atlanta, a little bit similar to to Daytona. It's considered a super speedway, but really it's it's a mile and a half, but with a lot more banking and pavement. So we put the same package we do super speedways you know a lot of drafting but not much of a big pack but more very strategic jockeying of positions right there's a lot more passing involved potentially but you got to be a lot more decisive with your moves it's so interesting it's just a mix of a mile and a half race where there's dirty air involved and you get a little spread out and handling matters so much versus and then also combine that with the super speedway back you know drafting and you know, being in the pack, it's a really big balance and the track's only getting more worn as the, as the day goes. Yeah. I'm excited. I think it's interesting. And I think every team's kind of scratching their head, wondering whether it's going to be more of a super speedway or more handling than anything. So in the spring last year, it was, it was very close. Everybody was kind of like normal super speedway, kind of all on top of each other, basically. 
But in the fall, it was a lot warmer, or in the summer, really, it was a lot warmer. And everybody fired off, you know, expecting the same deal. And they were all getting spread out, you know, handling mattered so, so much. People are wondering whether the track wore that much or it was the heat or a little bit of both. You know, now is it going to be like that because the track's worn even more? It's going to be a really interesting race, but it's one of the raciest places we go to. So I'm excited for sure. And I think our team is, is the most hungriest they've ever been, obviously. I, you know, it, It's almost like we're, we're resetting and this is, this is what jumpstarts our year almost. Yeah. Well, we are going to be watching you in that race. Our next race, the Ziegler Auto Group sponsored next race is Talladega, which is also an iconic course. And we don't want to think too far ahead to April in that race because you've got a lot of uh, racing between now and then. And we know you're going to see some success as you come into that, but we're excited to see you there at Talladega. So as we wrap up, Carson, just a couple questions. You mentioned meat and beans, I think, and rice. What's your race day diet? How do you prepare for a race? How do you fuel yourself so that you're able to go the distance at a place like Daytona, Atlanta, or Talladega? I eat more than anybody I know, basically, honestly. But normally I do like a little bit of chicken and rice. Normally, they have, if they have some plain noodles, I'll throw that on there. And then sometimes, you know, early in the morning or earlier, you know, a little bit more distance from the race, I'll, I'll have some salad with some dressing and, and some eggs and cucumbers. And then I'll have a banana just before I go. So, yeah, that's basically it. Sometimes throw French dressing on it, like all and kind of mix it all together and give everybody weird looks because they think it's gross. <laughs> but that's basically it. That's awesome. Otherwise, I, I just go down to the food section we have. It's kind of like a buffet, and I'll just yep. pile that stuff up. Just get whatever they have. What's one thing, Carson, that would surprise everybody to know about being a NASCAR driver? What's one thing that would just surprise most people that maybe most people don't know that kind of take us behind the scenes? The biggest myth, maybe, of being a driver. Just to take you behind the curtain, a lot of times, you know, we're – we have a lot of different things to do throughout the day and throughout the weekend. You know, Daytona 500, especially, I, I don't know any myths that I can think of or, or that comes to the top of my head, but um, there's a lot of meetings involved. You know, there's driver meetings, like, which is really cool that behind the scenes, they have these uh, driver meetings and then the red carpet walk, which is always super cool. You met The Rock this time. Yeah, we met, met The Rock this year at Daytona, which was really cool. But a lot of times, it's not just the sponsored meetings, but there's there's a lot of meetings involved. And at the cup level, it's, it's so different. I want to say there's a driver union, but it's super cool to talk and interact with, like they have a driver's only group chat, and then they have a driver's driver's only group chat. <laughs> there's a driver's only group chat with NASCAR, and there's a driver's only group chat with just drivers. So yeah, that stuff's really interesting of just the communication there and, and how it talks and how people will bring stuff up after the race and, and just how close, it's like a little club almost uh, between drivers, which which is super interesting. You know, obviously in the other group chat, sometimes they'll be a little bit more vocal that their the boss, right, NASCAR uh, can't see, which is sometimes very entertaining. And then it, it's just interesting uh, it all. Yeah, you know, that's kind of the little behind the scenes. So do some of the fights and whatnot spill over into the group chat? For example, there's infamous times last season where people went to blows, right? Does that turn into yeah. the uh, group chat or does that stay pretty clean on the group chat? Is that more for a public show? Well, I don't know. I just got added recently. I, I know yeah. um, it was it was a very big topic of conversation of who, who liked the Thunderbirds practicing for – 20 to 30 minutes or the ones that disliked it. Um, yeah. 
So that I know that was the, the big topic of conversation in the chat. You know, a lot of the drivers stay at the motorhome a lot, and obviously a lot of them will have dogs or their family for this big of a week. You know, when they're practicing at 8 a.m., that could... Um, yeah, that makes it tough. You can't sleep in at 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah, as, as race fans, we hear all the time about noise ordinance with racetracks, let alone these big time cup drivers obviously with their families you know they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit more vocal than some well carson hosevar we were so grateful you agreed to join us on the show it was a heck of a lot of fun to watch you this past weekend both of the duels where you just absolutely crushed it had a great time but then also in the big race we're excited for the uh, coming up race there in atlanta and then next time you're in town in kalamazoo we need to get you out to motorsports Ziggler Motorsports, have you run the track and also have you come by Ziggler Chevrolet and take a look through some of the Chevys that uh, bear the name that sit on your uh, jersey. So we're grateful for you. Any last comments to Team Ziggler out there, Carson? No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, Regardless of if Ziggler's big or small, I'm thinking about all the Ziggler family and you guys are definitely a part of this. You know, uh, blow Sam's phone up if you want to go to the race because I definitely want to see everybody out there and I'm excited for it, and um, you know, if we win the race, I'm definitely going to try to talk Aaron into let me sneak a, sneak a Can-Am or something out of motorsports. Let's do it. I got a plan that we need to win a race because I'm, I'm excited to go to motorsports and go tear some stuff up. I'm, I'm allowed two wheels, not four wheels. Or allowed four wheels, not two wheels. Not so two. Okay. I'm, I'm limited to what I could use out of that shop. So I'm excited for it. We'll uh, replay the duels there at Ziggler Motorsports on a Can-Am side-by-side. So Carson Hosovar, NASCAR driver, buyer-sponsored Chevy, Ziggler Motorsports. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. A special thanks to Carson Hosovar for contributing to this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in tonight as we live stream President Circle Awards Ceremony. Until next week, remember, how are you driving vision today?